You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live, but we got to let it breathe for a moment here as we bring on our awesome, lovely, phenomenal Facebook community, and then we're going to get things cooking proper, and we are almost good. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, my fellow football priest, the deputy editor as well of milehighhuddle.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, last night we titled our podcast around the finality of what it would mean, perhaps, to the Broncos' hopes of maybe getting an Aaron Rodgers if he were to retire, as the rumors kind of had it angling toward, right? But today it was blockbuster after blockbuster tweet from Adam Schefter. A-Rod is sticking around in Green Bay for at least 2021. So for those who don't live on Twitter, bring everyone up to speed on what we learned today, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Well, apparently, and uh, it was preceded by Mark Murphy and Brian Gutenkunst. They had a shareholders shareholders meeting at Lambeau Field where they said that they hoped for a resolution with Aaron Rodgers. And sure enough, an hour later, Schefter and Rappaport reported that he's expected to return with, as Schefter put it, concessions that were made. So he's getting no additional money, no more guaranteed money. But he's given more say in his future. It seems like he can pick where he wants to go starting in 2022. Um, they're going to, I think they're going to make some personnel moves that he signed off on, maybe Devontae Adams, his extension. And, and overall, I think they were just acquiescing to what Aaron wanted behind the scenes. We don't know what that is yet. But for right now, he is locked into coming back for Green Bay uh, for the 2021 season, maybe 22 also, depending on how this year goes. But the, the tea leaves are saying he's back for one more year and then a trade next offseason. So the dream is not dead for Denver. It's just dead for now. Yep, kick that can on down the road. We're excited, gang, because we have Mile High Huddle's analytics expert, Thomas Hall, who's going to be joining us here on the show in just a few minutes. He had an interesting article today on Drew Locke that yielded some interesting stats, analytics on Drew that kind of paints a relatively bleak picture about what his future might hold. And we're going to talk to him about that. We're going to try and understand some of the data and what it all means and and try and uh, interpret that a little bit for you. Uh, But before we grab Tom, real quick, the other big tectonic shift, uh, really it started, Zach, last night as we were going live. We didn't really touch on it much, but today it kind of blossomed further. The Texans acquiesced. They're willing to talk trading Deshaun Watson. So how much of a realist – you had an article at, at MHH. I can pull that up while we're, while we're talking here. But is this a realistic thing for the Denver Broncos, or is he still too radioactive to even contemplate this if you are George Payton? Well, if, if for, if for my money, if you have 22 allegations still unresolved of sexual misconduct, you're kind of radioactive to me. And on top of that, I think it was Tom Pellicero – from NFL Network reported that Houston would want five total draft picks, three first-rounders included, and um, starting caliber players in that deal. It is way too far, even for someone as talented as Deshaun Watson and 
unlike A-Rod, he has longevity. He's only 25, not 37, but five total draft picks, maybe a starting player like a Draymond Jones, for example. It's just way too much for someone like we've written about. You can see right there, those allegations, accusations are not yet dealt with. They are not yet completed. The NFL is going through their investigation. The Houston Police Department is going through their investigation. But he hasn't landed, though, on the commissioner's exemplist right now, like uh, Michael Fabiano says there. As long as he's not and he still wants out and Houston's willing to trade him, he's going to have some sort of market. But based on what we're that I'm hearing, there's three teams that are rumored for his services, Miami, Philadelphia, and Denver. Denver is the one drawing the least attention. And even Benjamin Albright, who is repeatedly this offseason the only one in the media – the, the national Broncos media landscape is saying contrary to reporting, contrary to Kareem Jackson, Watson does not want to be here. So it seems like Philadelphia is the front runner. I, one of their analysts, reporter, whatever, gave it a 90% chance they would acquire him. Miami's also in there. Supposedly Watson wants to play in Miami, reunite with Will Fuller, the wide receiver. But nowhere lately does it link Denver as a serious suitor for Watson's services. And knowing someone like George Payton, who is so meticulous and so careful and so, dare I say, conservative, I just don't think Watson is the apple of his eye. All right, guys, we got a lot more to to get to on this topic, quarterbacks. We are officially kicking off right now the last podcast of the quote-unquote off season. As far as the last Huddle Up podcast, you guys will get building the Broncos tomorrow night. But when Zach and I return on Wednesday evening, we're going to be talking about whatever went down day one of Denver Broncos training camp. But tonight, it's going to be a very quarterback-centric program because we're going to be talking with Tom here in just about 60 seconds. Real quick, matters of business, and then we're going to grab Tom, and I'm going to blaze through this. Just make sure you're connected with us on social media, starting with Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod, also at Mile High Huddle. Our producer, Buana Beast, on Twitter, at John K. My partner, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. Myself, at Chad N. Jensen. Also, check out the merch store when you get a second. HuddleUpPod.com, as you can see, one of our newest designs uh, with these visages, uh, these very visages on, on the T-shirt. Uh, Zach, showing you guys what it looks like in the flesh. Check it out. Get your swag on. It's another way to support the brand here at MHH. Also, kindly consider following the podcast on Facebook. Navigate on your browser, facebook.com slash milehighhuddlepod, or just open up Facebook on your phone. Let's face it, if you're a Facebook user, you've got it on your phone. Search Huddle Up Podcast. Give us a like. Give us a follow. That automatically enters you into our randomly selected raffle each and every week where we give away an MHH hat, a T-shirt, a little something-something to whoever is to a person who is both liking and following that page. Also, become a supporter of Mile High Huddle on Facebook by going to our main page. You'll know you're there because there will be about 95, 96 thousand fellow Broncos fans just like you following the page big blue button at the top says become a supporter click that five bucks a month you're in like Flynn you get access to Kelberman's Corner our premium VIP video podcast content every Sunday at noon the trickle zone every Saturday at noon mountain time and then my new show of course Broncos book club check that out and guys if you're not in a position to do those things it is all good we are seriously just grateful to have you with us just make sure that you are subscribed also we would appreciate it if you like this video, especially if you're enjoying on YouTube or Facebook. Those likes, gang, go a long, long, long way toward helping us out, helping us grow, help us reach new Broncos fans like you. And then, hey, if we're doing a good job or you, at the very least, respect the effort, share this video, help us continue to grow and reach those fans out there who maybe aren't aware. Mile High Huddle's out here 
a community like this of dedicated, passionate, outgoing fans waiting to embrace them. All right. Without further ado, Zach, let's bring on our guest for this evening. The one, the only, the great Thomas Hall. Follow him on Twitter at Thomas Hall NFL. Tom, what's going on, dude? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Appreciate it. Of course. This has been a long time coming, right? Like we've been talking about getting you on here and there. Finally, uh, inspiration struck. And of course, we're going to be Tom's specialties. For most of you know this, that are consistent readers of MileHeddle.com, but Tom's specialty is not only analytics, but also Hall of Fame. This dude's brain on anything Bronco Hall of Fame related, it's like a Rolodex, dude. And so, <laughs> Tom, you. we're going to get you back on when, what is it, August 19th? I'm trying to remember the HOF dates when they're doing the, you know, the presentations and the speeches. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I don't know the exact date either, but um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, Definitely. We'll check the dates tonight after the show and um, set it up to where you, we, you, our schedule is good for you. It's good for you as well. Um, let's talk first and foremost. You heard us in the intro there talking about the latest on the Aaron Rodgers front, the latest in the way things have shifted with Deshaun Watson. Where do you stand as far as your take, your opinion on this? Obviously, Aaron's going back to Green Bay, so let's remove that from the equation. Would you want to see, or do you think it's in the team's best interest to see the Broncos go out and really make a strong push for Deshaun Watson while everything is still in the wind relative to those accusations? Uh, Talent-wise, yes, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't touch him right now with all the, all the stuff that's going on. It just it doesn't make sense. I mean, it's so much uncertainty, and I mean the allegations. I, I don't know any. I'm, I'm not privy to all of them, but. Until that's resolved, I, I wouldn't do it. And he, he's a he's a heck of a talent at a quarterback, but there's just too much baggage. Tom, you know, like Chad said, Aaron Rodgers right now is off the table for 2021, but maybe not in 2022. There's a chance that the Packers could move on. And I know the variable is and the and the condition is here. If Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater doesn't pan out, let's assume they don't. Okay. Let's assume the Broncos are looking for a quarterback next year or how do you feel about Rodgers, and do you like him enough where you'd surrender that capital? And think about it, he'd be 38 going into his age 39 season next year. How would you – kind of a multi-layered question. How would you approach quarterback if Locker Bridgewater doesn't pan out? I would go after – I would take Rodgers in a heartbeat. I mean, he's got a wealth of talent, and, you know, in today's NFL – quarterbacks are playing much longer. So it's not the old days where, you know, 34 or 35, they're, they're just about at the end. You know, they, they, I mean, look at Tom Brady's playing, you're going to play at a 45. He looks like he's doing it at a high level. Um, you know, Drew Brees played pretty well uh, last year at, at that age. I, I, I'd say you got, you know, three to five years left of Aaron Rodgers at a pretty decent level. I take that in a heartbeat. Um, even, even with the draft capital that they're talking about, I mean, you, Got a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback plopping into your lap doesn't happen very often. So definitely take him. And we saw what happened last time. The Broncos were lucky enough to land such a QB. That's right. Um, before we get to your article here, Tom, I want to grab a couple of our great Super Chat superstars who've been very patient with us tonight, including Max Power, who, as you can see, is from across the pond, giving us five, I think that's euros, right, Zach? Or is that pounds? I think it's euros. Either way, Max, thank you for the donation, my friend. It means a lot. He says, think the Broncos win eight or nine games with Teddy, but if they're serious about competing, then they need to trade for Gardner Minshew. Troll. 
they'd win 11 games uh, minimum, 37 and 11 career touchdown interception ratio. Yeah. I don't know. I think that I think Max is actually serious in this case, Tom. But what's your take? We've we've given our take on the whole Minshew. There is a minority of Broncos fans. Very when I say minority, it's slim sliver that have caught Minshew fever, right? But what 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 would your take be for Max Power? Yeah, I mean, I like Minshew. I don't know if he's going to give you any more than what you have already in Locke or, or Bridgewater. I mean, he's fun. Like he, he, I think he would be fun for fans. I mean, people seem to really love him, uh, you know, and he seems like a very likable guy. I just don't know how much more talented he is than what they have now. I mean, he could be, I, I like his stats. He played good. He played good down, you know, for a poor Jacksonville team. So, I mean, I, th- I think, if he was offered up in a trade and you didn't have Bridgewater, you definitely pull the trigger on it if it wasn't too expensive. But I just don't know how much more he gives you than yeah. than what we have. It, but that said, I mean, we're looking at two quarterbacks right now that haven't really proven themselves to be spectacular. So, you know. True. True, Zach. I know you got a question. So before you throw uh, that question at Tom and then we'll get to his article, grab Sam Bam here. I just wanted to say about Minshew, I, I mean, they knock Drew Locke for having fun, but yet they celebrate Minshew for having that same fun. And show me where fun is in the stat column. It's not there. So I want a quarterback that's all about business, not a guy who's trying to grab headlines. And he's in Jacksonville right now saying, I'm not going to go quietly in the quarterback battle. Yes, you are. You're lucky to have a job still. They drafted a quarterback number one overall he's great for, I understand Tom, what you're saying. I agree. Great, likable person. You want to get a beer with him. You want to watch a game with him. I don't want him quarterbacking my team. Uh, But Sam, $5 super. Thank you so much, Sam. He asks, or he goes, I'm so glad we can be done with the Rogers talk or let them hate. I am too. I mean, it was good for business and it was enticing to think about number 12 in a Broncos uniform, but we, you and I, Chad, were two of the bigger skeptics that it was ever happening. And I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back here, but we always were looking at it realistically that the Broncos quarterback is either named Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. So now that we know that for sure, more than likely, we can move forward. And I'm excited about that for trading camp. Tom, real quick, I'm going to get to your article. Uh, but while I do that, Zach, since we do not have the great Buona Beast in the chat with us tonight, he's dealing with some stuff that um, he had an appointment he had to take care of or something. But anyway, we need uh, to see – the chat just did a jump. I'm at 625 Contender View. If you can have any of Braden's, Shane – Braden and Shane, if you got any of those three while I bring this up. All right. So, Tom, let's shift gears. I know uh, you're a busy man. you got fish to fry. So let's get to your article. And, guys, if you missed this piece, you got to rectify that and go read this because it has been viral on MHH social media today, doing a lot of traffic for a reason. Now, Tom, I know it would be just as easy to have you set this up and explain it, but for the sake of being as straightforward because we're getting into the weeds of numbers and analytics and it can become, uh, you know, analysis paralysis. I'm just going to set this up and then let you take over, but I'm going to quote you here. Here's Tom today. Quote, by looking at the performance improvement of every quarterback since 1960, where a quarterback was one or two years removed from his first qualifying season, we can see just how simple or hard it is for a quarterback to improve. In Drew Locke's case, we only need to see if he can improve over his 2020 performance to elevate himself 
into the NFL average range this year. To get to average, Locke needs to increase his completion percentage by 14%, his yards per game by 9%, touchdowns per game by 40%, and then reduce his interceptions per game by 40%. First, though, we need to see how many of the nearly 260 individual quarterbacks and approximately 425 such second and or third qualifying seasons since 1960 improved by those percentages in the respective categories individually and in combination. So that being said, Tom, all right, setting the stage like that, explain to our great audience the uphill battle Drew has, how difficult it is in terms of what the analytics and historical uh, record prove for a guy like him. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, I really started that, this whole analysis because people were comparing stats from, you know, 30 years ago or 20 years ago and trying to say, oh, well, this quarterback is going to improve. And so what I did was I went back and I looked and I, I wanted to look adjusted for era. So that's what I did. And what came out of it was Locke, unfortunately, had one of the worst seasons, the top 100 worst seasons of a quarterback adjusted for era. So. Not that doesn't. Ha- I mean, I've I've seen we have Hall of Fame quarterbacks that have done that too. So John Elway was in that group. Drakeman was in it twice. I mean, it happens. But what I really wanted to find out was what could Drew Locke do? How much did he would he have to improve to not only get the Broncos into a position where they're they're moderately successful this year? So playoff contenders. I said, if he can get to average with this roster, he could probably, that's, that's a big improvement that helps the team, helps the team get to, um, uh, to in a playoff hunt. And, and then I wanted to see, well, is it possible to improve that much? Well, yes, theoretically it is possible. He could, he could improve into a top, top 10 or elite status, you know, that theoretically, but based on past history, based on all the quarterbacks that came before him, is it realistic? And I, I really like Drew Locke. I mean, I, I really like his arm strength. I think he's a, a leader. His teammates seem to like him. He's a hard worker. But I've been an analyst for a very long time, and there's things that I've liked in the past, and, and then I see the numbers, and I'm like, well, it's just not realistic. So what, we ha- what I had to do was look at can he improve to what I would say was an average quarterback based on 2020. And I know that there might be some improvement or some reduction on the average going the next year, but it's not going to be very much. So basically what I found out was he needed to improve his completion percentage, 14% to be at the average. Well, looking back in history since 1960, including the AFL, only 15% of the quarterbacks in their second or third qualifying season removed from their, not rookie season, but their first season that they played that could qualify actually did that. 52%. Improved the their yards per game nine percent, which is Drew Lock needs to improve yards per game. Thirty one percent improved touchdowns per game by at least forty percent, which is what Drew Lock has to do to get to average. And I think the most important piece here, he has to reduce his interceptions to at least the mean. And only thirteen percent of quarterbacks since nineteen sixty was able to do it. The amount that Drew Lock has to do, so that to me paints a picture of that's that's a big that's a big hurdle to overcome can yeah. he do it maybe he can and can he do can he become average by redu- you know improving his yards and his touchdowns or his interceptions in in different combinations yes he can do that 
but it's an uphill battle because to improve all four of those, it's near impossible. It's only happened five times in the history uh, since 1960. Five quarterbacks will do that. Let me interrupt you real quick here Um, because, as you said, hey, the stats, the numbers, these are the facts. And, guys, in case you missed that, what Tom is saying that of all those quarterbacks since 1960, only 15% of them were able to – improve their completion percentage by at least 14%, which is what it would take for Drew to get his completion percentage into the NFL average ballpark. Only 52% of those quarterbacks were able to improve their yards per game by at least the 9% Drew would need to improve to get to NFL average on yards per game. 31% improved their touchdowns per game uh, to at least by at least 40%, which is what Drew would need to do. And 13 by uh, removing their 13% improving their interceptions per game by dropping it 40%. Now, here's the thing, though, to give fans a little bit of hope, right? Because there are outliers. There are, you know, little uh, wrenches that get thrown sometimes into formulas and things like that that you can't always foresee. In the case of Drew, I want you to talk about uh, what you – let me see. Yeah, right here. Uh, his – the unique um, – aspect of what he encountered because you're going off his 2020 body of work and 2020 was such a weird ass year for every quarterback under the sun but especially the young guys out there trying to make that leap whether they were rookies first year second year third whatever uh and how much that outlying factor right of how weird 2020 was maybe could fudge these numbers somehow in terms of you us trying to predict or project forward what he could do in year three Absolutely. I mean, it is true. He he had the stick. I mean, not only did he change offensive coordinators, he didn't have a training camp. He was hurt in his first training camp, pretty much, you know, going into preseason and as a rookie. I mean, he he definitely has not had the benefit of a you know compliment uh, compliment of a training camp and the same you know familiarity with the system, not having you know, rookie receivers. So there, you know, that has to be taken into into account. But I will say. We've had in this data set, we've had strike seasons. We've had other quarterbacks that have endured some sort of, you know, um, adversity as they're um, trying to improve. So as you think about all that, is this is his, um, you know, card stacked against him any different than many of the other ones have had in the past? Well, I would say probably because this is a pretty unprecedented situation with COVID uh, in the NFL. So there is a there is hope. And I also would like to say this too, like, I think that you should take this and and think about in a a positive light as well is don't look for Drew Locke to become an elite quarterback next year or this year, because it's probably not going to happen. But if he can get to average, that is going to send a huge signal to not only the front office about his improvement and what he could do even the following year, but it also should put the Broncos into a winning situation. So it's actually, if he can, if he can get close and I, and I have to look back at uh, Josh Allen, everybody compares Josh, look what Josh Allen did. I don't, I actually looked at what Josh Allen did in 2019 instead of 2020 to compare to Drew Locke. Face it, Josh Allen was in the same ball. He he was a, it was a terrible season. In fact, he was in the top 15 worst seasons of all time adjusted for era based on what I was looking at, but his next year, he improved significantly. He almost hit all four of those categories that I'm talking about for Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. He almost improved all four of them to the requisite amount to get 
to um, average. And he was just below average that year and then took that next step. That's what Drew Locke needs to do. We need to see a, ma a major improvement from him because if he can't, he, Teddy Bridgewater is going to be uh, taking over for him. And that's probably the last time we'll see Drew Locke in, in a Broncos uniform. So I want, I want him to, to make it, you know, that far so we can see what, what he actually can do because he's got a ton of talent. His arm strength is, is great. He's got a lot to be liked. He just needs to make that requisite improvement to give everybody hope that he's the, the future. Just, you know, Tom, I have one question for you, but before I ask you, I want to just say great job on this article. I, I respect the work. I respect the stats you put out there. And I'm, you know, I'm pro lock, but I appreciate um, facts and I appreciate you not, you know, uh, relying on emotion, just relying on, you know, facts and stats in front of you, but throw those out of the window. Okay. Throw analytic stats to Thomas Hall. What's a successful season for Drew Locke this year? How would you quantify success for Locke in 2021 enough to hold off a quarterback search or competition in 22? Yeah. Well, first of all, he can't lose his job to Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> so, I mean, he has to be able to improve enough that he holds off the next person in line. Um, but it has to be a significant improvement. I mean, he, he has to be, he, he can't be carried by the defense. He has to do his part. So for instance, I've been looking into their schedule. I'm working on the second half of the schedule. And what I've seen is they can, they, they can rely on their defense. And I think it's going to be a good defense for the first half of the season. But if, if the offense doesn't take care of their business by the second half of the season and drew locks part of that by throwing too many interceptions, then that's when people are going to start to doubt him. But if he can limit his interceptions and give that defense, who I think is going to be pretty darn good, uh, that, uh, you know, give the, the defense opportunity to do what they do best, not putting him in a hole. I think that's a win. And, and if they can get, if they can be in the playoff hunt and drew Locke isn't carried by that defense, he's part of that winning where he actually shows that he can win games. And I've seen it. I mean, we saw it in his rookie season and we've seen it last year too. He, he's got the talent to do it. If he can do that, I think he gets another year. I think he I think the, the Broncos will buy in and unless I, of course, Aaron Rodgers becomes available and what, and that throws it all out of whack. But if he can make that big of an improvement and it doesn't have to be massive, he doesn't have to be known as elite now to it's, it's his second full year. I think that'll give him uh, another shot for sure to show that he can improve. All right, real quick guys, Tom's only got a couple more minutes. So any questions, get them in on super chat or else, <clears throat> especially tonight without John, we are not going to see them. Real quick, Tom, before I ask you my last question, and we'll see what's in the chat, we got to catch up on a few of our great um, community members who support Mile High Huddle every single day. And I got to say, we got to say thank you and shout out these top star senders on Facebook, starting with Alexander Emmert. Thank you, my dog. Andrew Baker, what's up, brother? The legend, Gary Leeds Palmer, also legendary in his own right. Travis Tarbox, thanks, you guys, for those stars. If we're unable to see any direct questions, comments you might have in the chat, just know that we're a little understaffed tonight. We'll, we'll look for you. Don't worry, but we might not be able to see you because of the way uh, StreamYard works. We wish they showed the star questions in the same way for us, viewing it through the streaming platform that they do YouTube, but they haven't gotten that fixed quite yet. And then others, really quick, want to shout out Braden Paw. Thank you for the super chat, my friend. He says, Teddy uh, – Teddy pick to a rookie on a short route today. 
Zach, I, I need your syntax there. And then he, he, he says, best pot out there. Thank you, Braden. Thank you, Braden. He tagged us on Twitter. I, I think the Broncos put out a quick little highlight video from training camp of the quarterbacks, and apparently Teddy Bridgewater threw a pick on a short route. So it, it doesn't mean much. and We're not overreacting. We're not rooting for Bridgewater to fail, certainly not. But it shows that both quarterbacks have and will make mistakes, and we shouldn't overreact to anyone if it's Drew Locke or Teddy. All right, last one, and then we'll get to one more question for Tom. Shane Daniels, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. He says, hey, Chad and Zach, it's the start of training camp. Hashtag let him hate. Tom, this isn't my last question, but just for my own satisfaction, how excited are you for football to finally be back? You've had a very busy summer yourself. I'm not, I won't share anything that you don't want to share, but you've been a very busy man yourself. But how looking forward to Wednesday are you? I am so excited. The last couple of years, and I've been so busy uh, trying to remodel a house, get ready to move. I just, I haven't been able to to participate like I used to in the past. And I am like stoked because now I don't have, I don't have anything really to do. And I can, I can enjoy watching training camp unfold, watch preseason. And now that I'm closer out West, I don't have to uh, wait all day for the games to start. So I'm very excited. All right. Last question, and then we'll cut you loose. And thank you for giving us a little extra time tonight, Tom. Um, but what is your, I mean, Drew Locke aside, Teddy aside, I mean, we've we've talked about on this show how regardless of how this quarterback competition shakes out, George Payton came in and did a good job of raising the floor of the quarterback room, which John Elway obviously struggled to do last year. You could argue he did just fine in 2019 because, yeah, he went out and got Joe, but he also brought in Drew, which raised the floor. This year, combined with – you mentioned the defense, combined with the pieces at the skill positions around whoever ends up being the quarterback, uh, the offensive line hopefully taking another step forward as a unit gelling, Garrett Bowles, all that. What is your outlook for these Denver Broncos in 2021? Remember, 17-game schedule now, so that yep. alters the math. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I always have to preface it with uh, if they stay healthy, you know, that's the big key. But if they can stay healthy, I'm, I'm looking for at least 10 wins. I think they can get 10 wins, even, even if the quarterback situation isn't uh, – totally resolved and and they're doing great because looking through the first half of the schedule, I think the defense is going to make a lot of hay and I think they're going to get, I, I think they're going to come out of the gate uh, strong. And I, I don't think you're going to see a, you know, Oh, and three September or whatever, like you've been seeing the last, I think they've got, they're going to get some wins, get some confidence going. Um, I actually, if, if Drew Locke can get close to average, I think, I think 11 wins is in their grasp. I think they're in the playoffs. And from there with the defense, we've seen it before they're, if they're as good as as they're showing on paper, they're gonna they can make a run, but they they have to get there first. But I, I think they will. I think they're gonna make the playoffs this year. All right, Zach. Unless you had anything else, we'll cut him loose. One little addendum, Thomas. Does your win total? Is there any variation if Teddy Bridgewater starts in your eyes? Do they still win ten games? Is it less? Is it more? How do you see it? I I think so because I think I think you're looking at an average quarterback as it is. So if if sure. Teddy Bridgewater's um, starting. I think they're going to I think they're still going to have the same record as if Drew Locke starts and keeps his job, which means he's made improvements. So I, I don't I think they're either way. I think they're going to get to 10 wins. It's so great for us to talk to a guy who's very left brain oriented um, because we're a couple of very right brain oriented guys. And so it's really good to get that balance. But, Tom, thank you so much for making some time for us tonight, my friend. Guys, thank make you. sure you're following Tom on Twitter, as you can see on screen here at Tom excuse me, at Thomas Hall NFL. 
And then go read his piece. I put the link in the chat, you guys. Uh, you can either read it while you're listening or check it out after the pod. But make sure you get that read under your belt. You need to, especially with training camp opening up on Wednesday. Very timely article, Tom. I'll echo Zach. Well done, my friend. Excellent piece. And Thank like you. I said, check your schedule. We'll see when the Hall of Fame thing is. We'll yeah. have you on that week for the Hall of Fame. It'll be fun, man, to really celebrate. Definitely. Three Broncos getting up there talking about the Hall, you know, going into the Hall of Fame, being enshrined. So we'll uh, look long forward overdue. to talking to you then. It's long overdue to get uh, more Broncos in the Hall of Fame. So I'm glad to see it. But thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, brother. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. We'll, we'll talk Bye. to you soon. Follow him on Twitter, gang, at Thomas Hall NFL. Um, Lots to kind of react to, to what we just went through with Tom. But first, Zach, without John here, let's catch up on a few Super Chats, including Contender View, who's been a patient boy. Thank you, my friend, for the Super Chat. He says, Chad, did you lose some LBs? Uh, I have lost a little weight, but it's it's pretty negligible, to be honest with you. I've, over like the last, since my son was born, so what, two months or so, I've lost somewhere around seven pounds. So I don't know what you're seeing, my dog, but. I don't think it's enough, Zach, to show anything on screen. Maybe it's just the new lighting in this new studio I built. I don't know. I think Contender is just thirsty. I <laughs> 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 am dinner first, Contender. No, we appreciate you, though. Chad, you look good. Preach. Um, before I forget, shout out to Christian, whose birthday it is today. All right, Christian de Jesus. Happy birthday. In uh, Las Vegas, the lifeguard extraordinaire. Happy birthday to you, my friend. All right, let me see what else we've got here because we've had – oh, here's um, Mike Postle. Real quick, I, I, I'm going to read this from the chat because it's a it's a big comment. Mike says, called exactly what happened months ago, aware of why Rodgers was upset and what his plan was and was clear Green Bay was not trading him this year. Just wanted to shout out those who doubted it. We can finally get back to some normalcy until the next good quarterback becomes available and the lock haters can argue about how we need him. Zach, you can't argue with anything he said there. However, or maybe you can, I can't, but Drew Locke can make that a non-issue if he goes out and takes yeah. care of business. And I think that's the point that our critics about the Locke, our opinions on him, that's what they're forgetting here. We're saying and we are we are genuinely advocating for Locke to not be the Broncos quarterback if he fails in this audition. It's up to him completely. He has his job as the Broncos quarterback up in the air in his hands. He has his future in the NFL as a starting quarterback in his hands. He can He controls his own fate. And like you said there, he can end these narratives. He can deliver the Broncos back to the playoffs. He can make them relevant again, or he can not take the mantle. He can not rise to the challenge. He can fail the test. Whatever cliche you want to use, it can go both directions. And if it goes the other way, the way that Chad and I and some other people don't see it going, they will be the first one to say, he's not it. He shouldn't be it. Never will be it again. Andrew, thank you for that super sticker, my friend. We don't have the extraordinary talents of John with us tonight to do the share screen to show the sticker, so we don't know what the emoji might look like, but thank you, my friend. Acid hippo. <laughs> yeah, is it the acid hippo? <laughs> uh, also, Steve Hearn jumping in with a thank you. super chat. Thanks, buddy. Um, all right, I'm just going to I'm gonna sift through here, see where we're at, and then uh, I want to react a little bit more to some of what Tom had to say here. Uh, here's Steve Hearn with another super chat and a question slash comment. Appreciate you, Steve. He says, I'm glad. And by the way, Steve, if you're on Twitter, are we connected? Make sure you reach out to us and do one of these so that we can uh, stay connected on Twitter. Keep the conversation going. We like to stay in touch with our Super Chat superstars. He says, I'm glad Rodgers and Watson uh, reported. 
less distractions. Tired of hearing Drew blamed for five years of futility. Not all Broncos woes are his fault. Indeed. Yeah, locked arrangement syndrome, it took on epic proportions for a while there, Zach. It's kind of dialed back a little bit for whatever. Maybe it's just kind of the sleepy you know, side effect of the NFL summer, but it hasn't been as deranged. But the first crack in the veneer, they'll be coming back exactly. with gusto. Exactly. The first pick, the first fumble, the first loss. I mean, even the first incompletion, the first three and out, that, that sect of Broncos country is going to just latch on and just go in on Drew Locke over and over and over again. And to me, it is derangement. To me, it is, you know, um, delusion. It's insanity. But that's what some people are convinced of themselves, that Locke is the worst thing to ever happen to humanity, not just the <laughs> NFL. I mean, he is just – he is worse than cancer, Mr. Drew Locke. And that's what some people genuinely think about him. We have to just keep fighting that opinion off. Andrew, what's up again? Thanks, buddy. Um, he says, what's up, gang? What's up, Tom? MHH for life. Go, Chad, Zach, Beast. Appreciate you. Here's a question from one of our great supporters on Facebook and YouTube. Dave Glassman, great community maven, bona fide superstar. Dave says, how much of a gamble is Watson worth? Next year's first rounder and second rounder? So, Zach, let me put it to you this way. Let's say you could... What's a plausible, not just plausible, but what would you give up for Watson, if anything, considering that he's still in the weeds with these 22 allegations? Well, it's so tough because I'm trying to like toe the the legal line here. My thing is, if these 22 accusations were credible, I I think we would have found out more about it if it was a criminal uh, situation. If he was facing criminal charges or maybe even prison time, whatever, I feel like that would have come out by now. It seems like that's slowly going away and behind the scenes he's working on settlements. So I'm going to answer this question assuming that 22 allegations are no longer an issue. I would surrender a first round pick for him. I mean, that's he's the re- NFL's reigning passing champ. He's a pro bowler, prime of his career. I mean, that's pretty doable. But when it goes to three first-round picks, like one report said, and multiple players, it, it's way too far. Right now, I wouldn't go beyond one first-round pick and a combination of you know mid-round picks and maybe a player. I wouldn't go to two first-round picks for Deshaun as of July 26th. All right. The chat just did a massive jump on me. So while I go back through on the back end, why don't you grab Dennis here? Yep. Dennis, $10 super. Thank you so much, Dennis. It's great to see you as it always is every single podcast. Dennis goes, crazy idea. Offer uh, one to two first round picks and one second round pick, but it has to happen now. We take on all the risk, suspensions, criminal charges, but don't take all that risk and pay King's ransom too. Thoughts? I don't, that would, the risk is the thing that's going to make George Payton not want to do this. I I saw a comment in the chat that said he values high character guys. And for the most part, that's true. And everyone's going to talk about Dalvin Cook and him drafting him. But for the most part, that's what he likes. He doesn't want risk. He doesn't want bad uh, character issues. He doesn't want locker room lawyers. He doesn't want cancers. And I don't think right now he wants a radioactive quarterback who tried to force his way out of Houston and has 22 allegations still up in the air. Not one or two, but 22. Mm -hmm. I just think, again, the specter of Watson is definitely enticing, but when you're talking about multiple first-round picks, it might as well be solid gold bullions to George Payton. That's what it is. 
Yep. So when you're getting in that territory, Dennis, multiple first-round picks and a second-round pick with the possibility of criminal charges coming, I can't see Denver signing off on that. I can't either. You know, if this was a situation where, it, you know, imagine the world we were living in, what was it, Zach, Feb- January and February, before the allegations came up, and we were just talking to Sean straight up as what we knew about Deshaun before these allegations you and I were still airing on the side of mm, let's not bet the farm when Drew could be turning a corner this year. Now you've got the allegations. I'm all about staying away. I'm sorry, guys. I'm staying, I'm staying away from Deshaun Watson. And I think George Payton being the pragmatist that he is right. probably shares a brain on that. Um, Michaela with a very, very, very generous super chat. The Duchess jumping in. I'm sorry. We can't show your actual super chat. We're having to reverse engineer it, but, we wanted to make sure to get you your love and just how much we appreciate you. She says, personally, I am very excited to see the new improved lock. Hashtag let them hate. Thank you so much, Michaela. You know, we love you. It's, it's so amazing to me, Michaela. Every single podcast, your generosity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to see Locke for sure, but I'm also excited to see Bridgewater. You know, that's coming from a Locke fan. I'm excited to see the Broncos offense. I'm excited to see the defense. I'm excited to see every new player, returning player, Vaughn coming back, Vaughn and Chubb together, the new secondary. Michaela, I'm just excited and happy that football season is here. Training camp is here. Let's go. Finally here. Thank you, Michaela. You the bomb. Here's Toffer from Great Britain. Thank you for that super chat, my friend. He says, Locke is good. He just needs games for experience. We agree with you on that, and it's one of the reasons why I was a little bit skeptical, Zach, about the notion of even splitting reps 50-50 with Teddy because this is a guy that was robbed of the reps that he needed. I mean, guys, I want to remind you. You've heard me. Those of you who are listening every day, this is nothing new to you, but we got a lot of people that are first-time listeners every single show. And then we also have people that during the six-week NFL summer, they pop in and out. They're not really listening every day per se. But listen to me, all right? Drew Locke, I gotta, I, I'm going to say it in a different way. Pat Shermer said during OTAs, when they were completed, Zach, all right, many camps in the books, make him available. How did it go, coach? Oh, it was great. You know, we got half a season's worth of reps in OTAs. So not only did Drew lose half a season – uh, worth of reps because he got no OTAs last year in a new system, but multiply that by whatever number he lost through preseason opportunities that were squandered and training camp. Yes. Did the Broncos have a training camp, Zach? Of course they did, but it was not a traditional normal training camp. The reps even then were limited compared to what a traditional training camp looks like. So I'm on the same page with you, my friend Toffer that drew needs as many swings at the plate as he can get. But the Broncos just look, it's not all Drew's fault, as we say on this show. It's not his fault that they were a complete crap show for the the three years before he showed up. And even his rookie year where he came in and went four and one, it's not his fault that they decided to go with Joe Flacco to start that season. It's not his fault that they decided to keep him on injured reserve for six weeks longer than they needed to. Like he was healthy after week five, week six, if I'm remembering right. They didn't activate him until week 13. None of that's Drew's fault, but he does get the blame for it, and that's why, whether it's fair or not, Zach, the Broncos are no longer in a position to be 
patient in the traditional sense that you would with a highly drafted quarterback. It's you got to put up or shut up. And so he's going to have to split the reps. But if he does win this competition, every single rep in a live bullet situation, whether it's a preseason game or NFL game, I mean, it's like a college education. <laughs> I mean, you mentioned the reps and literally losing those reps, you know, that impacted having what, what, what was training camp last year. But how about the psychological impact? That was Locke's f- first full season as a starter, and he was navigating a pandemic. Social distancing and masks, and they were, everyone was worried about catching the virus. I mean, it was the furthest thing from normalcy. So he had that to contend with after only playing in five games as a rookie. He won four of them, by the way. People forget that. But then look at the other circumstances, and these aren't excuses. Even Thomas Hall laid these out, and he's not exactly a lock stand. I mean, you talk about the injuries, the pandemic, the coaching, the offensive line play. All of these factors go into it. But another factor that goes into it was also Drew Locke. So we're being fair in that. He's the one that threw the picks. He's the one that would fumble. He took unnecessary sacks. He took unnecessary hits. His footwork and technique were bad at points last year. That's all on him. But when you look at, realistically, Drew Locke right now entering 2021, five games as a rookie, and then all that happened last year. So why wouldn't any fair-minded person, knowing the Broncos aren't getting Rodgers, knowing they aren't getting Deshaun Watson, why wouldn't they want to see what they have in Drew Locke just to see one way or the other what he's going to be to answer that question and check one of those two boxes? Yep. Hey, Rosé, what's going on? been a minute good to see you back in the chat supporting the cause thank you he says i know we talk about coaching needing to improve what's something in particular you would like to see change from this coaching staff this year all right how much time we got let me give one and then you give one yeah i want to see vic fangio show presence of mind and command in critical clutch moments and not blow things whether it's misguided tactical decisions or simply mismanaging the clock, blowing timeouts. That's one thing I want to see just from Vic Fangio. But I could continue to go on. What do you got? That's the first thing that came to mind for me was Fangio, his clock management, situational coaching, just being more of a head coach of the entire team, not just a defensive coordinator. For Pat Schirmer, though, I mean, this is the low-hanging fruit. It's be more creative. It's win games because you're out-scheming the opponent. It's use your personnel and create matchup nightmares. Chad, real quick, our fans don't like hearing it, but there's a play from Cowboys camp of Zeke Elliott getting open and catching a wide-open touchdown. The play design, I bring that up because the play design, he got Zeke open. That's a running back in a passing route. There is no reason why Pat Shermer, he might not have the brains of Kellen Moore, but he has the talent of the Cowboys offense with this personnel, these receivers, these running backs, Noah Fan, Albert O, why shouldn't they win games on the strength of their play and on their plays? That's what I want to see. Well said. Quickly, I want to shout out more of our star centers, our superstar centers on Facebook. (laughs) Pardon me. Even if I've already mentioned you, I'm going to mention you again. Alexander, thank you, my friend. Pete Middleton, what's up, my dog? Travis, again, thank you. Andrew, thank you, buddy. Gary Leeds Palmer, you the man. Ed Keating jumping in as well. Dave Glassman jumping in. Legendary, legendary members of our community. Thanks, you guys. And we are going to keep an eye out. We'll see if we can grab one or two. If you guys have comments or questions in the chat on Facebook, we'll try to get to those here. Uh, Zach, here is one from, hey, look who it is. It's the birthday boy himself, Christian De Jesus jumping in. 
we did shout you out, bro, before I even knew you had a super chat in. So happy birthday, your football priest. We're looking out for you. I hope you've had a good one. Yeah, hope it's a great day, Christian. Thank you so much. And uh, let us know how old you're turning, if you want to. Dave from Georgia, another legendary superstar. Mount Rushmore superstar. He's been on the show. What's up, Dave? Appreciate you, bro. Did y'all hear what Minshew said about the Jacksonville QB competition? Hashtag best Broncos pod. Hashtag football priest. Zach, I did not. What did you hear? I, I referenced it earlier. He said that he's not going down uh, quietly. And he, how do I say this in a, in a podcast-friendly, family-friendly way? He doesn't even take craps. So he's not focused on number twos. That was the gist of his comment. And, you know, it's funny and all, but he's not being really realistic. He's lucky, again, to be employed by Jacksonville after they drafted Trevor Lawrence. So I don't want a guy that's his own, you know, creation in his own mind, a guy who loves hearing himself talk, who's more of a meme than a starting caliber quarterback. It's a great quote, but doesn't do much for me. And also, dude, like, recognize the situation you're in. Your team just drafted – what everyone views as like the next Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck caliber number one overall sure thing, lock it down, pick, dude. You have been relegated to afterthought status, my dog. And that's cool. Hey, you got a peacock. You got to stand up for yourself. You got to draw a line in the sand, dude. But come on, let's be real. Dave Glassman, appreciate you, brother. Yeah, you know, Drew versus Teddy is official today. I'll say yes to that once the Watson thing gets resolved because that's blown in the wind and we have hype-filled headlines from George Payton's first few days in Denver talking about being a part of every deal and da-da-da-da. So I'll sleep a little easier once Watson, that situation, that gets resolved. Yeah, I will too, but it's looking like, and even um, Mike Cliss said today in reaction to the Rodgers news that it's the Broncos are fully prepared for the Block-Bridgewater battle. So, you know, day one, it, it already started when they reported to camp, and we've seen some highlights from that. But, yeah, uh, Wednesday when they have their first practice, if Deshaun Watson's on a Bronco, game on. Mike Postle, appreciate you, brother. He says, Chad and Zach, the most real there is, the only ones I take the time to watch of any out there. You're very kind, Thank brother. you, Mike. And the reason I support, Thank appreciate you. you, bro. Appreciate you. We try to keep it real. Glad to hear that um, you feel that way, too. Keep it 100. Pete says, if we get 10 wins, I hope it's worth that playoff place. So Tom said, I, I see 10 wins. And I don't think that's being too bullish. You know, that's like the equivalent of a nine-game season in a 16 gauntlet, right? So I don't think that's going too far out over your skis because – not only did they make a bunch of improvements roster-wise this year, I mean, we could run through them, but you're getting back so many key, crucial guys that you didn't have last year from Vaughn to Cortland to, I mean, Bryce Callahan was banged up. He's back in the saddle. I mean, we could, the, the litany is long, dude. It's long. So, yeah, it's all they need, as Tom illustrated, whether it's Drew, whether it's Teddy, average QB play, and this team is a force to be reckoned with. Doesn't mean they're out whether vying for a Super Bowl per se. But, hey, I guess technically, Zach, if you find yourself in the playoff tournament, you're vying for a Super Bowl. Yeah, tell that to the, the 07 Giants. No one thought they had a chance. It's, it's all about when you get hot and, and at the right time. But if you say on social media or publicly Denver can win 10 games, I mean, people will freak out at that. But 
Well, let's see. In 2019, Fangio's rookie year, they won seven games, and that was Locke winning four of them, and they didn't have the talent. They didn't have the experience. They didn't have the roster. Uh, they didn't have, I believe, the coaching staff, and they had a harder schedule. So is it really unrealistic to think and to look at this roster and to look at the easier schedule? Is it really unrealistic to assume Denver would win just three more games than they won in 2019? I don't think it is. And in fact, like Thomas was saying, if Locke hits his ceiling or he progresses maybe a step or two beyond what he's at now, 11 games, you never really know what could happen. But I I think nine is the absolute floor. So if they win 10, it wouldn't shock me at all. Contender view, you know we're just busting your chops, right? We appreciate you, brother. Uh, Orange Crush on Twitter. What's up, buddy? Times have changed, man. Fans used to root for the team no matter what. Now it's like the sky is falling. Yeah, and, you know, on one hand, I can – I can, my heart goes out because Broncos fans aren't used to this. Broncos fans are not used to five years of missing the playoffs. Broncos fans are not used to four consecutive sub-500 seasons. So on one hand, I can understand how, you know, the thread is getting pulled out of the sweater and and some fans are unraveling a little bit, right? I get it, but pump the brakes on the Drew Locke derangement syndrome. It has died down a little, so, hey, we'll take it. Yeah. All right, we are at 52 minutes. It's about time to bounce on out of here. Here's uh, Here's Ed's comment from his stars. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, Chad and Zach, just showing some love. Hit the like button. Yes, guys, please. We've got a few hundred on YouTube watching. we got a few hundred on Facebook watching. Guys, please, if you're enjoying this even one whit, make sure you like the video. Appreciate you. Thanks, Ed. Thanks, Ed. Um, all right, let me see. Travis Tarbox. Is Bradley Chubb a full go for training camp? Mm-hmm. He is. They only put three people on the pup for what it's worth. Um, and Chubb, you know, he had that procedure. I guess we'll have to wait to see because I just had to remind myself. He had that little p- procedure that you and I questioned. Why did they wait so long, right, to do that? Was it the ankle? It was an ankle, I want to say. Or was it a knee? Now I'm now I'm trying to remember. I think it's the ankle. But either way, late in the season, May, I want to say, Zach, is when he went under the knife. It was a um, – outpatient type deal, you know, but it's not like he, it was was not a major surgery by any means, but I think you'll see him out there. They might slow, you know, they might pitch count him for a week, but Bradley Chubb is going to be locked and loaded. Uh, Yeah. I mean, Amari Cooper had a cleanup procedure on his ankle and he was placed on the pup list and that happened in June. So Bradley Chubb, if it was serious and he had that procedure, he would have been on pup. It's three players, it's Browning, uh, Bassey, and I forget the third one. But, yeah, Bradley Chubb's on there. And for what we know, and no news is good news on his uh, recovery from that, mm-hmm. he is 100%. He should be full go, and knock wood, it stays that way. Yeah, it was a minor procedure on his ankle, removing a bone spur uh, that took place in May. So I think, yeah, he's he's, he, he should be good to go. Um, Andrew, what's up, buddy? Chad and Zach, can't wait. Till y'all see your gifts, my buddy engraves things. Needless to say, y'all are getting some dope one-off engraved picks. Ooh, we got wow. a preview here. And a few other small goodies. Thanks, Priest. Hey, we look forward to now. seeing yeah. that stuff, my friend. We can't wait. You Thank demand, you. Andrew. Thank you. Um, okay. And it'll go in this office. It'll go in Zach's office behind him. It, it'll be... Um, I'll make sure it's seen behind me. It'll be flaunted with pride. Trust. Trust. 
All right, we got one more super chat, gang, and then we're out of here for tonight. Let's see here that who just popped up. It's been a while, Zach, since we've had to navigate a, a podcast without our <laughs> what trusted is this producer. World? It is uh, makes you appreciate the the beast all the more. We appreciate the beast, but it makes you yeah. that in, intensified. Corey H, good to see you, brother. Thank you for that very very generous super chat. He says, "I can't lie, I'm a little bummed tonight about Aaron Rodgers." I still had hope. I'll get by somehow. It was nice to dream for a little while. Somehow. Go Broncos. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Corey, pin your hopes on Drew Luck because you know Teddy's not going to be some, you know, even if he has a nice camp, you're not going to see some blowing the doors down version of Teddy in year seven or eight. I think seven, right? It, it ain't going to happen. But you have a chance. Drew is still in uh, chrysalis. He's in utero. He's still growing. He's still developing. And even though Tom's analytics article is somewhat, you know, throws a little cold water on that notion, the one thing that jumped out to me in reading that piece was, look, this is all based on what his 2020 year was, improving from that production to getting to NFL average. So here's Drew, 2020 production. Here's NFL average. There's a gap there. All right. How do you bridge that? And what are the odds based on statistical uh, you know, history that he can do it. The quarterback since 1960. Well, it was a weird year. I've not wanted to ever read too much into Drew doing well or even the games in which he struggled hard just because of how weird that year is. And you don't know, Zach, how much that throws off the math, honestly. And there's no way to quantify it. You just have to wait and see. That's right. And, you know, Corey, I love you and uh, we, I definitely appreciate you. But, and I get that you wanted Rodgers and it still might happen next year. So, but if, if you can't get over it with training camp starting and the prospect of a new Broncos season with this much talent, this much hope and expectation, I don't know what to tell you. It'll be okay, though. Chin up. All right, guys. That's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Huddle Up podcast and the very last one of the offseason. Been Ooh. a great ride. Thanks for, Hanging with us through what has been, you know, we love the offseason component of pre-draft, pre-free agency. I mean, that's that's the funnest time to cover a team and do what we do. And I think even for fans, honestly, for a lot of fans anyway, it's more fun than the games themselves because you're, you know, it's you know, you get fantasy involved and speculation and rumor, and you're wondering how things are going to shape up. But then after the draft, you get to OTAs, you got a little bit more to keep you going. And then that cliff, man, that you must confront the six-week NFL summer. Mm. We made it through. And so thanks to each and every one of you for riding with us through it. Our Super Chat superstars, our supporters on Facebook, we love each and every one of you. So thank you for a great offseason. And and, uh, Zach, sign us off, dog. Uh, Have a great night, guys. Have a great rest of your night, Chad. I am so excited to return with you Wednesday to talk Broncos training camp first practice. I can't believe it. But, guys, if you haven't already, be sure to follow the Huddle Up Pod on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter, as you can see, at Chad and Jensen. You can follow me at Kelberman NFL. Be sure, guys, to follow the producer, Buona Beast, at John KMHH. And if you haven't, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your gear Great shirt. It's very comfortable, very flexy. I just don't know what's weirder, wearing your face on my body or my own face on my body. I have to get over (laughs) that, but very high-quality shirt. I recommend that. If you haven't already, guys, facebook.com slash Pod. Like the page, follow the page. Also, facebook.com slash Huddle. Become a supporter. Big blue button. 
Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone, more shows coming. Stay tuned on that. But if you can't do any of those things, we ask you to do three things that take five seconds. Subscribe, like, and share. Helps us grow, reach new people, reach new fans, and get us going with more momentum heading into training camp. But we are off until Wednesday evening. Tomorrow is Building the Broncos. 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern. We're back in the saddle, 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern on Wednesday. Broncos training camp day one. Be there or be square. Take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.